Hey everyone, and welcome to Triple B. We are Grant and Rebecca, two Purdue students and best friends who love talking anything sports. From Big Ten ballers to the big leagues, it's all here on the Boiler Buzzer Beater. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Boiler Buzzer Beater. I am Rebecca, and I am here with Grant. Grant, how are you doing on this fine rainy day? I'm doing great, Rebecca. It's a great day. It's it's we got the fall rainy vibes going on right now. It really is great spooky season vibes. Yeah. Uh, also, Rebecca, did you know fun fact that the movie Psycho was the first movie to show a toilet flushing? I did not know that. Thank you for that very fun I'll fact. I'll give you a little fun fact before we start our show. That's for fun. All right. Well, in that case, let's get into some boiler buzzer beater. You know, you're all ready for some great news, some great sport discussion here. And uh, we got to start with football, Purdue football. I mean, man, what a game that was. Losing to Ohio State 41-7 in a cold, rainy, windy game. Um, not a great game. Rebecca, you were there at the game. Uh, how, how'd you how'd you think of that game? Um, it it was pretty bad. Um, I had the privilege of getting to stand on the field for most of the first half, and uh, it was just fun. as bad from the sidelines as it was from the stands. Um, yep. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of positives that we can say. I mean, they got on the board, so that's good. But yeah, that's true. They got on the board, but not until the second half when Ohio State already pulled. It's like first and probably second string quarterback. They probably had their, I'm pretty sure they probably had their backup quarterback or backup backup. Yeah, Purdue didn't score until the fourth quarter. By then, game was already decided. Um, you know, Ohio State was up 21 nothing at halftime or 20 to nothing. Excuse me. Um, one of the positives I saw when I came to the game, they were trying to encourage, you know, school spirit. They had like the little like pom pom shakers. They're giving out the black pom-pom shakers. It was cool. A lot of people had one. I didn't get one, but yeah. I noticed that a lot of people were, were very excited about using them. Yes. I mean, it was it was cool to look out and see just the, the waving of the strings, and they were everywhere on the concourse. Mm-hmm. I do apologize to whoever had to be the one to sweep all of that up, but you know what? School spirit comes first, so you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I was there, too, in, in the stands, and it was just not a great game to be at. Uh, one, because we were losing so badly. I mean, I was watching Marvison Harrison Jr. for Ohio State, highly touted first-round draft pick for the NFL next year. Their best wide receiver go off for six receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And just, you know, uh, Kyle McCord, Ohio State quarterback, also got off for three touchdowns. Hudson Card did not look very good. Uh, the Purdue offense in general was, like, stuffed several times. Um, it looked, you know, from the start, they, they were not even able to get close to downfield. And when they did get downfield... They they missed like three field goals. It was crazy. I mean, you can you can blame the weather for some of it, but a lot of it it's probably just like you know mentality or just you know something's going on nerves. Um, even like the Purdue, they had a Purdue student out there doing one of the breaks, and he had made like three field goals in a row, like no problem. Were, one of them from forty yards, yeah. and then just recently before that, Purdue had missed a thirty-nine yard kick. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what they got to do to get this guy off the uh, off the bench and put him in the game, um, yeah. as opposed to our normal kicker. To be fair, he didn't have, you know, 11 guys running at him trying to block his attempt. You know? That is true. But still. Hey, he had the crushing impressive. the crushing weight of um, $1,000 in a two-year car lease yeah. up on his shoulders. Yeah, he got a car lease. That's crazy. And $1,000 from Aflac. Got of Aflac. Anyways. That's uh, that's kind of it for that Purdue football there. It was kind of, you know, I left after the first half, I'll say, because I, I didn't, it was very cold, not a great game to be at. 
Um, you know, it's starting to get those that that weather, that season where football games are starting to be like, oh, do I, you know, it's going to be really chilly out. I don't know if I need to go to the game. But it was, I mean, you still got to support the team. Purdue's got two more home games left against Minnesota and against IU, of course. I'll be going to both those games. Uh, but the next game up is at Nebraska, October 21st. So this week is Purdue's bye week. So no Purdue football. They get a well-deserved break. Hopefully Purdue can have a nice week off. Um, but also interesting to hear that Purdue has to win four out of its last five games in order to remain bowl eligible. They have to have six wins. Um, and overall, they right now they only have two. Um, and then their opponents, I mean, it's still possible. I think, Rebecca, I think you might have said before earlier on in the year in our, in our last show um, that Purdue still had a chance to be bowl eligible, I believe. Um, and, I mean, you know, they played Nebraska. They played number two Michigan. Minnesota, Northwestern, and IU. I mean, you think you can win four out of those five games? Some of those teams don't seem very high. I mean, teams. that is true. But, I mean, I think what we've come to learn in our years here and before that is that you can't really underestimate anybody in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Michigan is going to be kind of a wash yeah. if, you know, this Ohio State game has showed us anything. And it's but, at Michigan, too, if not, oh not here. Yeah, no, that, I mean... That's going to be a learning experience. Let's just say that. The other ones, um, I mean, I don't know. I think it really depends. You know, I think everyone had a lot of anticipation of this season with some really good returning players, a new coach to see what Ryan Walters was going to do. Um, I mean, this is his chance to show him, you know. To be fair, the teams that, yeah, that they're playing, they're playing Northwestern, who's 3-3. Three and three. They're, playing, they're going to play Nebraska, who's 3-3. Three and three. They're playing they're going to play Minnesota, who's 3-3. Three and three. And then IU, who's 2-4. Two and four. So not you know no great teams there, and if they win all four, they should be bowl eligible. Not they won't get a great bowl matchup, but it's still something Purdue can you know uh, boast about saying they they got a bowl matchup with their first year head coach. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just something to think about there as Purdue winds down the football season. But in the meantime, next week since there's no Purdue football, I will say recommend some college football games here: uh, Penn State at Ohio State, two great teams in the Big Ten East. I believe that is at noon um, next weekend. That'll be a good game to watch. Those are, I think Penn State is six now. The new rankings just came out today. Um, or new number seven. And then uh, Tennessee-Alabama, classic SEC matchup there. And then Duke at Florida State. Florida State being top four team. But Duke's actually been surprisingly a great football team this year. Uh, they're ranked 16th now. Um, yeah, and they're normally a basketball school. So that's cool to see. Uh, just Those are some great games you should be watching. And Utah, USC as well. USC been stumbling as well with their first loss um, with Caleb Williams this season. Anyways, let's move on to some basketball here. Uh, Rebecca, Purdue Fan Day is coming up this Saturday, October 21st. Are you going to be attending? That is the goal. Um, so every year at the start of the basketball season, Purdue hosts a Fan Day where they have an open practice for the men's and women's teams. Um, it's really exciting because it's kind of our first look to be able to see some of those incoming freshmen, you know, their team chemistry, what they look like they can do. Um, we went last year. It was super fun to watch. Um, you get to meet some players too, walk around. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, fun to be back in Mackey. I am hoping to be there and getting to check out both the men's and women's teams. I hope you have fun with that, Rebecca. I remember we, go, we went there last year. It was fun to see. We got to, see, we got to sit in the premium seats, which you never get to do because normally they're reserved for the know the very rich alumni who pay a lot of money True. uh the, the boosters um but yeah i will not be attending because i'll be running the purdue half marathon that day so i very will be nice. Best of very luck much to you. thank you 
my first half marathon since like 2017 and I didn't even train for that one so this is like yeah I've been training for it but I'm excited and then um yeah I will not be I probably will be really tired will not want to attend it but I I will be sad missing out on it because I remember we had a great time last year you know fans get to get autographs from all the players you know you just get to watch a fun scrimmage I'm excited for the basketball team this year I feel like Purdue has a lot of promise you know a lot of people are doubting them because of the last several years with their tournament history losing the double digit seeds um, you know, just even last year becoming the second team, number one team to lose to a 16 seed ever is just, you know, still hurts, man. Still hurts. Still yeah. Hurts. Purdue, so Purdue's looking for revenge, but the only other number one seed, Virginia, um, after losing in 2018, they went on to win the championship in 2019, beating Purdue in the process in the Elite Eight. They eventually won it. So that's a, that's a good stat to have. Be like, Hey, I'll Purdue's take that history. First year, then second year you win. I mean, Purdue's got some good players. You got to hope that, you know, Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer develop. Um, you know, you got to bring in some breakout players. Miles Colvin, freshman, coming in. And uh, even Trey Kaufman Run, who had some great experience last year. I feel like he's got, he's got some, uh, he's ready to break out this year. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be cool to see the women's basketball team as well. Um, we've got quite the recruiting class coming in. Yeah. Um, ranked super highly. Katie Gerald's really starting to work her magic on those rookies. So I think that'll be super cool to be able to see what the team looks like um, ahead of this year. Because, I mean, hey, the season's coming up real fast. That's true. Yeah, I believe um, I was trying to figure out when the first like, you know, fan days coming out. That's like just scrimmage. But when the first like preseason games start and it, that, you're right, it's not too far away. Uh, I know Purdue men's team plays Arkansas uh, in a scrimmage, and then I believe women's team plays UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. That yeah, that's be. their first. I believe it's on the road. Um, they're heading out to UCLA for their first matchup of the season. That'll be interesting, too, um, to see how they do against UCLA, you know, with them coming into the Big Ten. Okay. Um, UCLA's been a pretty good basketball school historically. You know, they've got that John Wooden influence on the men's side. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Yeah. Uh, I, I just found it here. The men's team plays at Arkansas, and a, a, it's a scrimmage basically because it's for charity. Um, but uh, Saturday, October twenty eighth, right. that'll be it. And then the women's team plays uh, Quincy at Mackey Arena first at um, Sunday, October twenty ninth. So dang, that's in like two weeks. Mm-hmm, two weeks away from from college basketball. I'm excited. Uh, also, Rebecca, some Katie Gerald recruiting news. Did you see that? Um, Top 50 nationally ranked Avery Gordon commits the Purdue women's basketball. Top 50 player, the class of 2025. She's a 6'6 center, ranked 42nd nationally in her class by ESPN. Six, four six. star. Yeah, four star prospect. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, from you know, Brownsburg, Indiana. So local player Katie Gerald's must have seen that she would love to, you know, play here at Purdue. I am really excited for that. I did see that. I did not know she was 6'6. I think that'll be really good for the team. Um you know, I think the Big Ten teams across the board are, you know, one of the bigger conferences in terms of height. Um, and that's something that our team doesn't necessarily have a ton of, which, I mean, you can get away without it. But I think that'll definitely be really, really strong um, to help with some defense. Yeah. No, I'm excited just in general for college basketball to get started. But speaking of basketball as well, NBA basketball is getting ready to start. Just real quick, all you Pacers fans out there, I had to cover Pacers preseason began you know, we're all excited. Every year we say this is our year, and don't worry, this year is our year. I'm expecting you know, high-quality results from this Pacers team. Uh, the preseason began where the Pacers lost their first two games to the Rockets and the, the Memphis Grizzlies. However, 
no Tyrese Halliburton in those first two games, which is understandable. And this is a completely different team than the one last season. A lot of new guys getting their start in the lineup, like Obi Toppin, Bruce Brown, and then rookie Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard both getting minutes. I got to say, Jairus Walker and Obi Toppin are looking pretty good at the four spot, which is what the Pacers were lacking last year. So the fact that they know they've been trying to emphasize more defense. However, it seems like their defense hasn't, the team's entirety defense hasn't gotten figured out yet. Um, but I'm hoping that they do sort of be just because just improve basically that's what they need right now and I'm hoping that they could try to make the playoffs my hope is that they do make the playoffs and and they get a five or six seed I think that's their ceiling right now is like a five seed but I don't expect them to miss the playoffs this year but yeah that's my Pacers rant there um they got two more preseason games coming up one against the Hawks uh tomorrow Monday uh yeah at home it's their home preseason debut and then against the Cavaliers later this week uh, the Pacers also held their fan jam. I was not able to attend this, but it's the annual uh, open scrimmage, kind of like what Purdue does with the fan day. But they have the rookies like dress up in costumes and they have to sing and dance and oh the uh, the fans vote on who did who did the best uh, performance. And I believe Jairus Walker won. He was dressed up as Buddy the Elf, I think. Oh, so. We love a basketball player dressed as Buddy the Elf. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see... Uh... A reprisal of that role this year. Caleb first. Uh-huh. Yeah. A fun time. So I hope we get re- we're getting ready for basketball. And I hope you all are doing the same. But Rebecca, lead us into some soccer news here. Purdue soccer uh, lost today. Yes. Um, unfortunately, we lost 2-1 to one, um, to Illinois at Illinois. Um, I mean, it's a tough result. They were tied 1-1 for the majority of the game from what I saw. Um, you know... Halfway decent performance, but Illinois is a tough team, as is most of the Big Ten. But, I mean, the season the season's almost over, man. We got Nebraska and Minnesota left. Um, I mean, those are our only two chances to get a conference win. We did tie Penn State 0-0, which I think is really notable. Yeah. Um, it is our first shutout of Penn State in program history and the second ever win or tie over a top-five team. Yeah, Penn State's a top-five team. That's impressive for your they are a powerhouse. Um, this was um, Penn State's second only shutout of the season. So only second game that they haven't scored in. Um, so big props to the Purdue defense there, especially because that's kind of been struggling in the past couple games. Um, so that was really nice to see that performance. So, I mean, that should give them some confidence leading into the next two games. Um, we've got Minnesota, who's 2-3-2, two, and two, and then Nebraska, who's 4-1-2. and two. I would really like to see a, a win against one of these teams. Um, you know, going into the off season, I think it's good to come out with at least a little bit of positivity to look on, um, you know, get you through a long off season, but you know, they're doing what they can. It's, it's going to be a building, building season, hoping to get some more recruits, kind of reshape the team a little bit. I don't know. I want to see some new formations, some new tactics, because it seems like they're kind of trying to beat a dead horse here and doing the same thing over and over again. Speak your mind. And we're really not getting anywhere. So, I mean, personally, if I were to be the coach of this team, that would be my indication to maybe try something new, you know, put some new players in. Again, at this point, what do they got to lose? You have two more games. Experiment a little, learn a little, maybe start to get a feel for what you want to do next season or what your you know next year roster is going to look like in terms of starters even but it's in drew roth's hands and all we can hope for is that he's not going to do the same thing over and over again and continue to lose you got to have hope i mean 
Yeah, they're going to play Nebraska and Minnesota. And Minnesota's 2-3-2 two, and two in, in Big Ten play. So I feel like, you know, Purdue has a chance, you know, although they are Purdue's 0-5-2 in conference play and has yet to win a home game, which, I mean, that's got to change. I mean, um, is Minnesota, do they play at home, I believe? Yes. Yeah, Nebraska is on the road, I think. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I I believe that Purdue soccer can get a win. Maybe I'll have to come out for the last game. You should. You should. And see. Because, you know, we, we got to get one win. I believe home, it's this Sunday. This Sunday? This Sunday, I believe, is the game. Okay. Well, we'll get it figured out there. All right, let's segment into some Purdue volleyball news here. Purdue won against Iowa 3-0 uh, last Saturday, October 7th. And then, however, they lost against IU 1-3 uh, this Wednesday in, in the Monon Spike game. Very unfortunate. Uh, and then they played Ohio State in Columbus today, winning 3-1 October 15th. Uh, Rebecca, what do you think about this Purdue? I mean, losing to IU, I think we had we had hoped for a win in in Bloomington, but it seems like that wasn't the outcome. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to get a win. Um, we do have a rematch coming up pretty soon, though, which is always good. Very you true. know, that should be some fuel for them. This Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that game, I personally did not get to watch it because it was away, but I don't think it was like a blowout or anything, you know, like I don't, I think it was pretty tight, um, as have most of our games been this season. Yeah, they lost one to three. Yeah, that's, you know, not too, too bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that'll be really good coming into these next couple of games. Um, next up, yeah, we've got Ohio State was today, and then we got Penn State coming up very, very shortly. Number 13, Penn State. That'll be yeah, a good game. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, they have a player, Taylor Trammell, who was on our team, um, who then transferred. I don't know. I always think it's interesting when players come back now on different teams. Like, um, Maddie Chin plays for Northwestern now. She played for us. Um, I don't know. It's got to be interesting, you know, playing against a team that you were a part of. You feel like you kind of know a lot about them, which I guess is good, you know, tactically. Um, but emotionally, it's got to be interesting. But that's my little side tangent. That's a, that's a good side tangent. You got to get that off sometimes. Uh, Rebecca, who's been standing out to you this season so far for Purdue Volleyball? I know you can easily say Chloe Chacon, but has there been any other player been like, oh, wow, they've actually been really good this year? Um, I mean, I think she's been really consistent a lot across her last couple of years. Um, but Maddie Skimmerhorn has done really, really good things. Um you know, she, I think she's just set the team up defensively in a really good position. And I think it's really good to have like players that are superstars are great. And, you know, that kind of come out with these big plays. Um, but I think we don't give enough credit to the ones that are just kind of like quietly consistent and steady. I yeah. think they do a lot for a team over the course of a long season. Like volleyball plays a ridiculous number of games. And so I think having somebody being able to rely on, especially because she's a grad student. And so having that expertise and that kind of calming reliable presence there um I think that's been really good she just got her hit her milestone of a thousand career digs um they did a little ceremony presentation at one of their nice. recent games so that was cool um but yeah I think Maddie Skimmerhorn's been really holding it down in the back line there yeah I mean you're talking about Maddie Skimmerhorn like you're looking for like the glue person kind of per like she is the glue yeah like on basketball team like Ethan Morton is that glue guy so you're looking for the players who, you know, might not be, you know, the star players every game, but, you know, they're always consistent. They're always there making sure the team is, they could be a leader as well. They could be, you know, especially since like Chloe Chacon and Eva Hudson are still underclassmen. So 
Um, very interesting to see uh, Maddie Skimmerhorn players, you know, even like Raven Coleman is still, she's pretty good, but like, you know, he's been really good this season as well. So just players like that who have been consistent and been great for the team. And, you know, Purdue Volleyball, I'm excited to see where they go from here the rest of the season. Um, I'm excited for the IU game. I'll be going to that with you, Rebecca. Boilmaker Blackout game. So we got to go all yeah. black. But an IU game is electric regardless. So I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a fun time. Oh, yes. Um, you know, watching Purdue Volleyball in Holloway, especially against IU, is always a great time. The energy is there. It's a packed Holloway. They get super loud, super crazy. And I think those are some of our best games. And like, you know, we said earlier that they're going to be looking for some revenge against that loss this past week. So I'm, I think we're going to see some great things from them. We're going to see some Holloway magic. Well, that's about all we got for some Purdue sports. But the NWSL is coming to a close. Very sadly, one of my favorite seasons of the year gets me through the summer. But we're winding down. Um, we have today a very, very special day. It's called Decision Day. Um, they haven't done this before. So this was kind of interesting to see. Um, but they have all 12 teams playing a game today that all started at 5 p.m. It is currently 5.51, so the first half is just coming to a close for the most of these teams. Um, but a quick little update on some scores. Um, North Carolina is currently up 1-0 against Washington. Um, I heard that there was a red card given to Trinity Rodman, um, this one of the star players for Washington, and a, a power forward, if I do say so myself. Um, so I'm interested to look at that play and see uh, see what was going on with that. I got a friend at the game who's like, dude, this is not looking good. But aside from that, um, we've got Kansas City and uh, Gotham, New Jersey, currently tied 2-2. That's interesting considering Kansas City was at the bottom of the table and uh, New Jersey is sitting more towards the top. So props to them, but a hard-fought battle it looks like. Uh, Orlando and Houston are tied 0-0. Not a ton of action going on there. Um, Chicago and Rain are also 0-0 at halftime. Um, Angel City is up 2-0 on Portland. And San Diego-Louisville. I don't see that game, so I'm not sure. Maybe they aren't playing today. But the Portland-LA game is specifically interesting um, because Portland is currently sitting uh, second in the table, but today being decision day, meaning whoever wins the regular season shield will be determined today. Um, so if they, you know, want to clinch that spot over San Diego, they're really going to have to come back in the second half. Um, hopefully they're able to do so. Um, they've put out a really, uh, they haven't necessarily been like an exciting team to watch, but that is really just one of those like steady, confident teams show up, perform, get the win next game. Um, whereas LA is a team that's been a little bit more inconsistent, but when you watch them, it's sure to be a show. So, I mean, that's interesting. They're able to go up 2-0 in Portland. We'll have to see how that finishes up in about 45 minutes here. Um, but as for playoffs, um, that is also coming up towards the end of this month. I believe we are exactly one month away. Um, but we have a lot of very complicated playoff situations. Um, I always look at love looking at those little flow charts of, like, this team needs to win, this team needs to tie with, like, a three-goal differential in order to make it. Um, Portland and San Diego already clinched their spots. They're both hosting... Um, a first round, or they're hosting a semifinal game. So one will be in Portland, one will be in San Diego. Uh, Kansas City and Chicago are two teams that are ineligible, unfortunately, uh, sitting at the bottom of the table. So that means that we have eight teams left fighting for four more spots. Um, this, we, yeah, we have one game left this season. Um, it is this one that is currently going on. So we'll have to see how that table shakes up. Um, 
I wish I could detail some of those very complicated results for you, but I'm going to be honest. I don't understand most of them. Um, That's okay. You know, I, it's funny looking it's at right. them. It's like Portland plus two or win or tie for Gotham and or win or tie for North Carolina. And, but it's funny, but I think that's what really makes the NWSL interesting um, is just because since a, there's a few teams or there are few teams compared to some other leagues um, that when it gets towards the end of the season, you have a lot of different scenarios and it really is a race up until the very last minute. You know, sometimes in other seasons you have teams that are able to kind of relax a little bit as the end of the season comes up you know, if they've gotten far enough ahead. But no, they are all really fighting for their spots here up until the very last minute. So next week we will uh, be able to find out who won those games as well as maybe get a better look at what our playoff contenders are going to look like. Alrighty, well, thank you for that, Rebecca. You know, I, I always like to see, like, I need to chime in the NWSL, like, like segment here, but it's like, you just know a lot more about it than I do, and that's perfectly fair. Um you know, you're you're the NWSL soccer head in the rim with me here, so uh, I will allow you to have that moment, that spotlight there. I do appreciate that, Grant. Thank you very much. Um, and then finally, we're coming into our overtime segment here. Overtime. And this time, we have a nice little, just a little, like, gossip column here. So we're talking about celebrity couples within sports. So everyone's heard the news recently that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have become this huge, like, power couple within the NFL and just in the music world, um, there seems to be a larger, just like celebrity couple, like, you know, anyone want to say just like, it's just a large. It's a trend. It's a, it's a trend kind it's of, a trend. it's taking over, you know, players are kind of, uh, reaching out. They're well, I, don't using know, their I, don't know, I don't know if it's a trend though, but like, because you, that's basically saying it's like a PR stunt by them, which no, not I don't a PR think it stunt, is. But in the sense of, I think that, in recent the years. industries of sports and entertainment slash pop culture are kind of becoming more intertwined. They kind of always have, though, to be fair. I don't know why we're arguing arguing about this here, because that's not the point. Our point is that they have been together for, you know, some period of time and that it's it's important to talk about it because why not? It's it's boiler buzz beater, baby. We we do what it we is. want. We gossip. That's what we do. But of course we provide great news and debates as well but anyways yes celebrity couples within sports so some examples are we talking about Taylor, travis kelsey taylor swift you know some examples gabrielle union and Dwayne wade one of them uh ciara and russell wilson sue bird megan rapino uh rebecca any other favorites of your celebrity couples or just ones you ever want to be like oh we need to talk about this um there's a couple i don't know if they're necessarily uh they're not necessarily celebrity and athlete but i think i was looking at them more as like celebrities who also have or athletes who also have celebrity status um mm -hmm. we've got zach Ertz and julie Ertz talk about the uh, nwsl nfl crossovers along with that we've got jj watt and kylea watt um they both of them i think are kind of and nearing the end of their careers um but i mean they they were powerhouses for so long so i think it's worth giving them a mention one of my personal favorites is uh tobin heath and Kristen press uh two of the u.s women's national team stars um they're both they were in the NWSL. They're both kind of got some injuries going on. So they've been a little MIA. But one thing I really like about their relationship in particular, specifically how they like present on social media, is that you only get like little teaser kind of snippets into their like lives and relationships. But when they do, it breaks the Internet every single time. Like they post a picture like on vacation together and like fans go crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I just they have some sort of like aura about them 
that just like makes all the fans go nuts. They're like, oh my God, they're blessing us with this content. It's an amazing day. Look at them worship at the altar kind of situation. So that's always super fun to see. Um, another notable one, if we're going to spill some tea, um, Ashlyn mm-hmm. Harris and Allie Krieger um, are getting divorced slash got divorced and rumor Uh-oh. has it that it is messy. Um, we don't really know what is going on there quite yet, but there's been some tea, um, there's some shade over the Twitters. Um, the shade over the Twitters. The shade over the Twitters. Um, Allie Krieger is uh, playing her retirement game today, actually, as we speak. Um, after he, a very long career um, in both the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, Ashlyn Harris retired about a year ago, if I'm not wrong, a year or two. Um, but they both played in the national team for a while, and then the NWSL, of course. And it was one of the first kind of like big name inter NWSL couples to be to be out there. But yeah, it's it seems like it's not going great. Um, it was kind of interesting because along to uh, Allie's retirement game, her brother um, posted a tweet kind of shading Ashlyn being like, hmm, it's kind of interesting that all of a sudden these remarks about their divorce is coming out like less than 12 hours before she's supposed to play in her last game. Like, I wonder if somebody may have did that on purpose, dot, 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 question mark. But, you know, I mean, I think it's really interesting to see yeah, like athlete kind of star power kind of mm-hmm. matchups that are fun, you know? Yeah. Like Zach Ertz and Julie Ertz is always a fun one to me because they're like two diff- two, two kind of similar sports, kind of, you know, both field turf sports, but like they're two very respected athletes in their game. Absolutely. And Julie Ertz just retired, I believe, from... Yes, uh, she just retired from mm-hmm. the national team earlier this summer. Um, they have a kid. His name is Madden. He's super cute. Madden. Yeah, I thought that was funny. That's kind of funny because I mean JJ Water. I don't. I mean, you know, because there's there's a Madden video game which is yeah. which is football. Mm-hmm. So it's like you kind of think like, did they use that as the inspiration? Nose. Yeah. But I mean, it's a good maybe name. not. Maybe not. Um. Yeah. And Zach Ertz is getting. He's getting close to retirement too. He's getting pretty old. Um. He's with the Cardinals right now. Um. One one of my one of my most interesting celebrity couples I wanted like that I just thought of is um Serena Williams. Who's married to the co-founder of Reddit, Alexis Ohanian? He is also um, one of the majority owners of um, Angel City, the NWSL team. That's a team that's almost entirely funded by, you know, athletes, celebrities, etc. Um, and he is one of the majority shareholders. Well, that's good to know. There, of course, we can't forget our Purdue celebrity power couple, Jade Nive and Caitlin Newton. Although both are now. Uh, graduated from Purdue or, you know, moved on to professional sports. At least Jay Nivey has, I believe. I believe Caitlin Newton is just like, you know, is helping support because they just had a kid. Yeah, she's um, living the mom life. Yeah, Noah, living the mom life. Noah is the cutest little thing I have ever seen. Oh Noah my God. Ivy. They they posted uh, pumpkin patch pictures yesterday Aww. of him like holding like a little apple in a pumpkin patch. Oh, I was like almost going to cry. First of all, this kid is beautiful, naturally. I mean, he's two very aesthetically pleasing parents. Um, but this kid is also going to be a powerhouse. I feel like we talked about this when they were pregnant slash recently had like right after they had him. But I'm like, if you have two parents who are over six feet tall, both division one athletes, one of them is an NBA athlete. This kid is going to be a beast. And I'm like, watch him turn out to be like a prodigy chess player or like a violinist or something. I just, I feel like that would be ironic. But regardless, he is super cute. And whenever Caitlin posts pictures of him, I, my heart 
gets very happy. Oh. Well, I believe it's Caitlin Ivy now, actually. I just I misread that earlier because they did get married. They so, did. yes, my bad there. Um, I'm trying to think any other celebrity couples like there there are there's the category of like celebrity couples where it's like the their partner is not even famous but like they've been so notable like or have been like um just kind of like intertwined with the sport or kind of like with their partner kind of for, for example like um Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs quarterback his his wife uh, Brittany Mahomes who's always been you know recognized for being at the games a lot or just like kind of being like the biggest supporter of him so you kind of always see that she's there that is true which is cute to see um have you seen um isaac rochelle on tiktok and no. his wife allison cooch oh TikTok. my gosh Yo, what you don't have tiktok i didn't know this but anyway um so isaac rochelle um he's a nfl player and he's kind of bounced around to a lot of different teams his career's you know kind of been a roller coaster but what really makes him notable is his wife's TikToks, and they're so funny. And when he, when she first went viral on TikTok, um, for some reason, she she was talking about this thing about how, like, she's the one that made him famous. This is all jokingly, by the way. But she's like, oh, he's famous because of me and my TikToks. And so, like, fans were like, oh, he should have your last name on his jersey. And so then there was this whole, like, thing with the NFL being like, you need to put her last name on his jersey. And I love their TikToks, and they're also um, going to have a baby. But he is with the Raiders currently, if I'm not wrong. But yeah, that couple is fun to see. I mean, if we're talking about, like, power couples around the world of sports, I mean, you got to give a shout-out to Kobe and Vanessa Bryant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, I feel like, is the epitome of, like, was, uh, family and sports and, mm -hmm. you know, seeing their kids grow up around it. Obviously super tragic, but, you know, I think it's I think it's still nice to see how that she's still involved. Um yeah. You know, very notable with different sports and supporting the kids and around it and all that. Yeah, she's still she manages like the Kobe Mamba um Nike brand now cuz she's yeah, in charge of it, which been she's been basically been like, yeah, like I she gets the final approval, but she's making sure that like his legacy is honored still with, you know, the products that are coming out, which is great to see. Um that's how yeah, like it's always great to see. Um another one more couple I want to say my last one here. Uh, is LeBron James and uh, Savannah James. Um, they've been a couple since high school. So oh, wow. they've been married for at least 20 years now. Or they might have gotten married. Like um, They didn't get married for a while, but they've been together for over 20 years, I'll say, um, which, which is crazy, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, so they, got, they were together in high school, and they've been together ever since, and they have three kids. So that's kind of a power couple, in my opinion, there. Yeah, I mean, talk about being there since day one. Mm -hmm. She must have been doing something, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's it for Overtime Boiler Buzzer Beater. Thanks for that last note, Rebecca. Okay, everyone, that'll be it for Overtime and for Boiler Buzzer Beater. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, or if it's the beginning of your day or end of your day, hope you have a good good morning, good night, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Kind of like I'm kind of like Jim Carrey here. And um, and what, what's the movie? I'm blanking on it. Oh, come on now. Uh, it's like one of my favorite movies. Anyways, I'm blanking on it. I'll, I'll edit this in post and I will add this anyways. So the thing I was thinking of was the Truman Show, obviously. I don't know why I blanked out on that at the last second, but that was it. Uh, Rebecca, you want to finish off with a send off here? Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate the support and hope you enjoyed. Um, until next time, I am Rebecca here with Grant and this has been Boiler Buzzer Beater. Have a great night, guys. Yeah.